Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast is brought to you by Conti Fitness. Get the best in personal and online training and coaching, where you will find monthly online unlimited yoga packages, run training, play yoga, motivational speaking, and more. If that's not all, find out how to get the newest facial exercise program and manual. Let's face it together. Go to ContiFitness.net to find out more. High Five Health and Fitness. Create positive change in your life with online health coaching sessions with High Five Health and Fitness. Also brought to you by Revolution Running. Join world-renowned Dr. Jason Karp for a workshop or certification near you. Author of Run Your Fat Off, Inner Runner, and so many more books. That's R-E-V-O-2-L-U-T-I-O-N, running.com. Also brought to you by 361 Degrees. For the best in athletic footwear and apparel, go one degree beyond with 361 Degrees. For codes and promos, go to twofitcrazies.com and click on the podcast sponsor tab at the top of the page. Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are getting crazier and crazier. Before you you even ask, before you even ask how I am, how are you? I am, uh, I'm getting there. I'm I'm keeping a a positive outlook on life these days. Always, right? (laughs) Even more importantly, when we, uh, you know, when we have life happens to us. Brian's asking me because I actually got lifed two days ago. And this is actually going to be, I think, part of the topic of our, we call it emergency Boston Marathon podcast. I, I called for an emergency podcast. I said, alert, alert, we got to have a podcast. I said, Christine, I don't want to hear anything about this. Just let's wait until the mics are live. I tried. Yeah, I had to fill him in. We talked a little bit and he's like, we really should talk on the podcast. And so now we're, we're just bumping things up a little bit. And this is going to be podcast 33. Yeah, unbelievable. So we're actually in a new location. This is like all, you know, all sorts of new. Uptown. New stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> the Upper West Side. <laughs> Moving on up. So, uh, so yeah, um, it's been, uh, it's been a couple crazy days for this fit crazy. And, uh, I headed up to, uh, I shipped up to Boston as the dropkick Murphys say. And, uh, with some high hopes and some, some great support and, positive outlook on life and had literally an amazing time leading up to the race. Amazing time. Yeah. Um, it's a fun weekend. I was able to meet my, some of my biggest, I guess, uh, role models in team Hoyt. And for those people that know me, I always say, yes, you can. It's kind of yes, been one of my can. brand mottos for the past, um, about five years now. And that's kind of, you know, infused into my obsession with Wonder Woman. But the yes, you can, you know, I always tag that. I have a tagline when I tell people and motivate them. That's what I say. Yes, you can. And that came from Team Hoyt. And that was Rick and Dick Hoyt. I actually got to meet them over the weekend. It was, I was crying. I I posted a picture on social media and I couldn't even hold it together to take a good picture with them. Um, But if, uh, if you guys don't know this, that... Dick Hoyt actually um, has a son, Rick, Ricky, Rick, yeah. and he had what is it? Um, ALS, I believe. I don't. Yeah, ALS? I, I yeah. forgot. Okay, so needless to say, um, he was born. They said he wasn't going to live or speak or communicate. And it wasn't ALS then. It was like I think it was like a spinal bifida. It, I, I I don't. Oh I don't my! Know. I'm I'm but like yeah. blanking right now. But he um, started to raise awareness for for his son and for different diseases and about taking care of people and started running races and pushing his son. 
and years and years later, his son is now 57 years old. 57, yeah. And his, his father, I didn't realize this, was like a six-time Ironman swimming with his son, biking with his son, pushing his son in the wheelchair. And I knew he did a lot of races. Like it was over 60 marathon or something like that. Um, I, I just didn't realize that, but they, you know, his, his father has recently retired from pushing Repri- his son. Yep. I mean, his, his, his dad is like 76. It's amazing. It still though. looks amazing. I passed the one year in Boston. I did too. Yeah. It, uh, it was just like, oh chills. man, I am, I am running the Boston marathon. They're the Hoyts. It was the last year that, that they ran, ran. Yeah. that the dad pushed the son. And now there's another man. I actually got to meet him as well. Who now took over it pushes for Ricky. Dick Hoyt that, yeah. that pushes him. And like I said, I could not even hold it together in the, you know, when I met them and and I got to listen to their whole actual presentation. I hadn't been able to do that before. The story and the video and the, the, the visual of them and what they do and everything is just about the most motivating thing you can ever see. Unbelievable. If you don't cry, then you don't have a pulse. You're not a human. Well, the biggest thing that I took away from that is that, um, Rick who talks through a computer through, you know, he's in a wheelchair and can't really move, but he talks through his computer and he said that when he races, he feels like he is not, he does not have any sort of disability. When, but listen to that. When, when he races. Yeah. So oh, he's, Rick he's really yeah. feels as though he is a part mm. of the race. And that was mind blowing for me because you're like, that makes him feel like he has wings. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't, he's not different than anybody else. And it, it was like. You know, literally, I'm like bawling because how could you not? It, it was just such an emotional thing, and people, you know, they showed people around the country and around the world now that do the same that do thing. everything, and yeah, that's uh, oh my gosh, it's Chills. actually something that I've looked into. Like you can be, I want to do it. Yeah, me too. You can become like we're going to do this. We're going to do this at some point because right. I've been in touch with some people from Team Hoyt, and that's kind of one of the next things I'd like to do. Done. Game on. So I'm in. And I don't even, you know, I don't care what. You know, Anything. obviously, yeah. I'd like to be a part of, you know, at least Team Hoyt at some point. But that was one. I also got to meet um, Sharika Nelvis, who was the United States fastest 400 hurdler. I think it's 100. Oh, it was it 100? 100. Yeah, 100. 60, 60 meter indoor, 100 meter Holy outdoor. Yeah. She is a firecracker. She uh-huh. was awesome. And she's going to be on the podcast at some point. I'm just That's on an that. athlete. Holy jeez. You got to follow her on Instagram or social media because... She's uh, she's quite a lady. Yeah. Fast. Oh, my gosh. Nice as can be. But these are kind of things that you just... You, you go know, to Boston and you go it's to like Boston a small town it. race, but it's got this... It's, meanwhile, it's like the most gigantic event In ever. addition, yes. before we get even up to race day, um, I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit to cool things because you got to focus on the positive sometimes. In my corral, which I was so upset that I didn't get the red bib, which is the fastest corral which i really don't know how much faster i have to run wave wave one wave one which i think the cutoff this year was like 305 i believe was you had to run 305 or faster and i missed that by a few minutes but just so happens i'm walking up to my corral freezing and feeling like i'm gonna die but someone says hey has anyone seen meb and i think and i'm like oh they're just joking people are joking around they're like has anyone seen i think we've seen a meb spotting Needless to say, who's four people in front of me in my corral? Meb Kovleski. Holy moly, is in is in wave two, corral one. It was cool. I was what? I was watching from home. Did you see me? Nice or and no? warm under my blanket. Oh. I was watching. If from I wasn't home. so frozen, I was going to get my phone out. But it was the hail and the freezing rain and my frozen hands. I couldn't even get it to take a picture. And I, I knew I saw them. They did. You know, they showed him. They featured him, and it was cool. They told him how like he was going to run with his cell phone so he can snap pictures and all sorts of stuff, like I normally do. Yeah, yeah, just like you. And uh, and I was like, I thought to myself, I said, Christine's got to be close to that. I know, I know that you were in that wave, and and uh, you know they break it up into wave and then in corrals. That, yeah, in that corral. There's actually another wave after that two more waves i think there's two there's four altogether there's four. yeah wow there's it's four. just an amazing event holy jeez so with that said with all that positivity <laughs> um all weekend long i i'm hearing all these runners all, with all this negativity 
and they're like, it's going to be so bad and this and that and whatever. And Brian had, you know, just come off of running Philly in this, what was it? The, it was, wasn't it, rainy, it was but it only was, windy. It was windy. It wasn't the best conditions. It, it was really windy, and but Brian only windy. And Brian also had PR'd in this kind of storm that we ran in a few years ago in Boston. He's like, you know, put your, put the brim down your hat and this and that, and it's not going to be bad. And so I literally had been talking to myself for days. I don't think I ever said it's not going to be bad. I might not have let on how bad it was going to be, but I probably didn't but, say it was not going to be bad. But um, I was—I refused. I mentally prepared myself. I was like, oh, it's going to be a little cold, oh, a little rain. I've run that before. Oh, a little wind. Okay, we can handle this. Totally handle this. Did not totally handle this. And even on the, even on the bus on the way to Athletes Village, and we'll talk about what that means, I was literally – like pontificating to the bus about, Hey, there's people that are going to run great races today and you be one of them and blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like clapping. You stole my I line. I forgot to tell you. Yeah, I took that from you, but I forgot to tell you, um, I forgot to tell Brian earlier that, you know, these people on the buses, they're watching the, the radar and they're like, all right, there's going to, it's going to be really bad later. So we got to be prepared. And I was like, that's it. You need to put your phones away. I said, because there's no need worrying about it. Now we're going to get off this bus and we're going to have to get back to Boston. And they're like, all right, okay, you're right. And I'm like, what time is that band coming through? It's supposed to be real bad at one Well, I guess we're going to have to run faster. So we're done by then to get done. But needless to say, um, I have never experienced anything like I experienced on Monday. I am not going to lie. I am completely traumatized by what happened. <laughs> 100% traumatized. And on the top, I've said this, on the top 10 of bad days that I've had, this is probably like 10. And the first five involve like people that I love passing away. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so hence the emergency podcast, the midweek Christine, when when are you available? Let's get this done. So this would have been my fifth consecutive Boston, and I believe something like my twenty ninth marathon. So this like this isn't, you know, uh, this isn't my first rodeo, you know. So it's really interesting because I really got lifed, and I think that everything happens for a reason. Like we say, life happens for you, not to you. I really had a big kind of epiphany. Um, at Boston and just to go through this day to, to kind of get you where I'm at is that I actually did not finish the Boston marathon this year, which is big, is big for me because I don't quit. I, I'm not a quitter. I don't drop out. I don't not finish things. I've never not finished a race in my life ever. I mean, literally I will like army crawl, drag my lifeless body over that finish line. Yeah. No, you're, 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 Christine, Last year, I was, Conte. I had these terrible cramps and I was like, that's it. We're going to, you know, and I'm looking for people around like, all right, who's going to carry me when I drop? Because I really thought that I was going to, you know, go down and I'm like, that's it. Um, but this year it was in the thirties, the low thirties were the, were the temps. And there was about a 30 to 35 mile an hour headwind from the <laughs> east the entire way with gusts even higher. And it was not just pouring rain. And when I say pouring, I mean pouring, like deluge of rain. But it wasn't just rain, it was ice. <laughs> it was it was literally ice, ice rain, snow, mixture, whatever. And it would have been one thing just to line up at the starting line and have that face you. But the issue was is that when you left your hotel, so say for me I left my hotel room because this race starts later like 10 or 10 20 or yeah, the first couple the of logistics waves. of it is way different is, than, than most other races yeah. let, me, let me explain so so you you start in a town called hopkinton which is 26 miles west of of boston they put you in school buses they take you out there the staging area for the race itself to get all these you know thirty thousand people organized and ready to run and go off in their waves is middle school it's, it's pretty amazing it's that they can school. do the logistics hopkinton massachusetts is a small new england town uh you know that is basically like you know small town usa there's really not it's not like a, a school major, house and a yeah, church yeah. and a gas station it's like a white steeple in the middle of town with the post office next so it's norman rockwell so you know they have this whole area out there and so when you get out there the race starts at 10 o'clock which is late for a normal race 
uh, that to, to take place. Normally those races will start at eight o'clock or, you know, sometimes even earlier than that, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Uh, so 10 o'clock is late to begin with. Um, and then you have to kind of sit around until it's your turn to run. So under these conditions, you're sitting around in what, Christine? So let's take it back because when you left your hotel to walk maybe 15 minutes to get these buses, these are school buses, it was – you were drenched and frozen no matter what you were wearing, whether you were wrapped or this or that. And we had layers and ponchos and this and that. It was crazy. So by the time you even reached um, Boston Common and you left your hotel, you were – frozen and soaked. Now you load into these school buses and you have about an hour drive. It's like an hour, an hour and 15 minutes and you're, you've no idea why, but you load into these buses and you're frozen. You're cold already. Once you get into athletes village, which is this big school, you now have to get off this bus and you're, you're pelted again with the, and meanwhile, we're, we're watching the, you know, and it's frozen rain. There's snow all over the ground. Crazy. When when we were driving up there, so there's snow piles, there's snow. There was there was closures of schools and things like that the night before because of the bad weather and the slippery icy conditions. So we get out of the bus, and I'm thinking now, I run kind of the All Timers Association, and I've never gone to the special village where they have these charter buses. This year, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to find going this All Timers bus. bus. Yeah. Like I'm going to find it. Well, there was hundreds of buses. Hundreds of them. I've been in that charter okay. bus, area. and they're not labeled. So I walked around for maybe like 25 minutes or so trying desperately to find this. Now I'm soaked. You're cold. You're just, you know, whatever extra shoes, whatever you planned for, it's out the window. Nothing. Nothing's working. So I'm like, you know what? I'm giving up. I'm going to the tents, which is a big staging area. Think of a big circus tent. Um, maybe a, or a big like. If you're having a huge party in your backyard, yeah, like huge like a, tents like, a, like this, like a, like a big wedding tent or yeah, yeah, just gigantic tents. And there's a couple different ones and everyone there's hunt. I would say thousands of people huddled together underneath these tents and everything around it though is mud up to your ankles, <laughs> mud and huge, like ankle deep puddles. There's no way to get around it. So you're through it. Now your shoes are all not only wet, but you're covered in mud. And you're freezing. So you go into these tents and in the middle, everyone had just sat down kind of on the cold floor. It was kind of muddy. And you were just literally hovering and kind of sitting. I got a spot on the floor, I guess, because some of the other people were, were getting up. And you're just hovering next to strangers that you don't know. I was with a couple people from California and some other areas that were just like, I don't even know if I want to leave the tent. Like this is not, this is not good. So we're getting these wind gusts now that are coming in and lifting up these gigantic circus tents with, yeah. and people were literally yelling like, whoa, like as if they're on a roller coaster, like these gusts would come and they're like, whoa, the whole place was shaking and, um, it was, it was crazy. And when I tell you some of the stuff that we as runners who are, we're not homeless people. However, um, I will tell you that there were people leaving and shedding clothing items. And I'm like, are you going to – so we found – me and I think four other of these these guys, I don't know who they are, there were some people leaving and they left this little blanket sleeping bag. And we were like, oh my gosh. Cold. So the four of us are underneath this blanket just trying to – this other guy is leaving and he's taking off his socks. And I'm like, um, can I have your socks? <laughs> And he's like, what? I said, can I have your socks? So again, my one pair of sneakers ruined. My, my feet are already frozen. I'm ripping off extra socks. So I wore this man, this stranger's socks to run. Yes, I did. You did? I did. Oh, oh I, thought, yeah. I thought you were like put them on your hands or something. Oh, no. no you, oh, no. I wore this strange man's socks. It's like just survival. He, he was just like, yeah. so I'm like, I'm fine. I'm trying to find clothes and find things that... Um, that I could wear extra ponchos, extra things that you had no idea you needed. And I've run in storms before. So I get it. You don't want to wear too much clothes because then it gets colder and it weighs you down and it's worse. And and usually like no matter what, even if you're running in cold conditions here, you know, in the wintertime, you warm up, you sweat. Right. Like you're always going to to warm up once you get moving. If say I had gotten to the starting line and maybe I'd just been outside for 10 minutes, great. But all of us athletes had been outside for about two and a half hours already, freezing, wet, cold, body temperatures dropping. And now we've got to walk down to the starting line again, 
torrential downpours and it's not just rain, it's ice. I mean, you're, it was bad. So I'm picking up ponchos from the side of the road in puddles, shaking them off. I had a university of Michigan poncho on at some point. Nice. Um, then there was, you know, people getting rid of stuff. Literally, I'm just putting things on over my head. No idea what what to do. What and um, all to line up to run a all marathon. All to line up. You're not even. Did I mention that I also put this strange man's socks on and then put plastic bags over my Shoes. socks? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then put my feet in. Okay. There was big plastic bags sticking out of my. It was probably sneakers. a good move. It wasn't because they the plastic bag ripped. I think yeah, at some point, right. and it was. But I'm like. There's no rules. There's no, like, there's no hydration. There's no eating. There's no nothing. You're just like, I have to survive this. I know that path to that road that you walk down to get from the village to the, to the start. It's basically a neighborhood. It's, it's anybody's, you know, street that they grew up on pretty much. It's like, you know, right down. And usually the folks are out on their front lawn and they're rooting. Yeah. No, I could imagine. Um, so by the time we got to the star line, I mean, it was awesome to see Meb. But literally I got to my start line and there was five minutes because it was – no one wanted to leave the tent. So we all waited until as like as you could. the very sure. end. Um, so by the time we got there, you know, I'm looking around. Some people had – most people ran with ponchos or garbage bags on. Like the leaders. The leaders. Ran with ponchos and jackets and everything. It was, I've never seen anything like it. I, I have never experienced anything like this. And again, I thought, hey, we're going to start running. We'll warm up. We'll warm up. It's yeah. going to be fine. It's going to be great. Like I, you know, we just have to, I was All worried you about, really want to do is just get out there running yeah. and you'll be fine. I'm like, it's going to be good. Well, we did start and within the first two miles drenched, it was, it was downpour. And I, when I mean drenched, it's like go underneath a shower, a freezing cold shower as if you're in, you know, or you're dunking in freezing cold water. That's what it was. Your muscles are cramping. Takes your breath away. It, you're like, <gasps> Kind of, and there's no warming up because you've already been outside for two hours at least before you got to that point and you were already wet and your, your feet were already frozen and your hands were already frozen before you even started. So this was my, um, you know, where it's going to be good. It's going to be, you know, by two miles in, I'm like half brim down. I'm like, we're going to have to do this. This is, it's going to work. It's going to be fine. And, um, and then the wind started. (laughs) and now it was so cold that I kid you not my I had I had shorts on because I wasn't gonna wear pants I thought pants were gonna be colder and wetter but my shorts were absolutely soaked through that I felt like I wasn't wearing shorts and I kept looking down to see if my shorts were on and then you're so cold literally I have to say like I couldn't feel my crotch like I was like it might not be there (laughs) it's fro it's frozen so that was mile like five yeah. and your face is so cold where you can't move it. So I'm going through the water stops and I'm like, poncho, poncho. Does anyone, like I'm asking people on Does the side anyone, of the road, yeah. like, do you have extra gloves or poncho? But they couldn't understand me. They were just looking at me because I'm like, poncho, poncho. It's so, probably I what mean, it sounded like. You like never, never even got anywhere close to being in a groove or anything. I mean, it was just like from. I don't think anyone yeah, did. No. I, I really, you know, it was. There was no chance because you're, you're just so cold. There's, it was almost like you tried to block it out, but you're, for me, my body wasn't, it wasn't doing it. Yeah. And I stopped in a med tent. I got a poncho. They ponchoed me up. I'm like, all right, we'll be fine. I'll go back out there. And it wasn't. Um, and for me, I made it to mile eight and I ducked into a med tent because I started shaking. And for me, I started not being able to take the breaths that I know. And again, as a yoga teacher for 20 years, like yoga and breathing, right. this is like my thing. And I couldn't take oh, breaths. And, you know, and you're running. Like, right. you know, you're, you're, you know, you're. Like, you know. <laughs> improving. It's crazy. You know. And I, I just, I felt like I couldn't get air in and like my lungs were tightening up and I ducked into it. I'm like, I'm going to duck into this med tent because something's just not right. And I duck in and I started kind of shaking uncontrollably and they, they, you know, threw my gloves off, threw my stuff off and put me in front of the heater. And now I'm rainoid. So I, the nerves in my hands and feet had been gone for a while and they, you know, really hurt. But what happens is it starts to be so excruciatingly painful, painful. that it feels like fire. So they put me in front of the heaters and now I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> like it's even worse. Um, 
and you know they they were great. I think all the medical people were amazing. As a oh, woman, they had their hands me, full. You know, and and they're just like warm up, and you get back out there. It's okay. Don't worry. That you're like the thousandth person we've seen, and I'm like, I'm only the second wave like what do you mean you've seen like 500 people in this med tent you know um woman next to me was like just warm up she's like i normally run like a 305 marathon too she's like we're gonna we'll go back out together we'll walk well you know and i'm looking at her and i'm like okay all right whoever this is like lady i'm gonna walk a marathon wow that's really sad with this strange woman like what is happening like what is going on right now and well, uh, that you're just you you're not thinking. Well, not even like at all. I'm like, like yeah, we're gonna loops. get back out there. No, I'm like well, not a chance. Well, I'm looking at her like I'm gonna get back out there and walk. I'm like, are you joking? Yeah. Did you see that weather? Like we're gonna sprint. Yeah, right. It's and um, I just couldn't stop shaking. And it was you know they had said um, they said you know take take your time. Let's you know, and um, there's at some point they they brought the doctor over and. The doctor was like, you know, all right, you know, you're on certain medications. Some of the meds I'm on, again, the the chemo, you don't know what happens sometimes. And they said sometimes it messes with the regulation of your body temperature. With that said, I have low body fat too. Yeah. It works great as an endurance athlete, low body fat. It's helpful when you're going to be doing an Ironman. Not when you're trying to stay warm. Not when you're 30 degrees in ice. And I think that happened to a lot of people as well out there, but... The, um, the one nurse came over and was like, you know, you're literally like the 500th person This don't worry. And I did turn to the nurse and say, um, I'm better than this. And I think mm-hmm. I probably yelled it, but you know, that's, it is what it is. <laughs> you, I'm you better it, than this. You? You I'm, like, I'm better than this. <laughs> All right. Um, but you know what? The doctor came over and the one thing, you know, I'm looking outside and I'm trying to pump myself up like, okay, I'm going to get back out there. I'm going to get back out there. I can, I'll get back out there. Maybe I'll go to the next med tent or something. And the doctor said to me, do you have kids? And I said, yes, I have two. She goes, all right, you're done. Yeah. And it it was something that took me back because I know that I could have probably tried to go back out there. To do what? And I also realized Finish? that had I gone back out there, most likely I would say 99.9% I probably would have dropped within the next couple miles because that's really that's how bad it was and like not I, just yeah you would have like dropped, dropped like yeah like my body i would have fallen on the the curb because people were just kind of you know just falling down collapsing and you know it, the hypothermia was real like <laughs> it was no, real <laughs> I, I and i'm glad you use that term because i was watching obviously i set up like mission control when i'm watching these things i got the the marathon on the tv I have got the laptop next to me. With- I was so worried because I always told everyone if my beeper, if my blinker stops blinking, send back up. Okay. And I was so worried because I'm like, oh my God, people are tracking me. And they know that something's wrong. They know that something's not right. Yeah. There's kind of that that always is in the back of your mind, even on a perfect day. But I'm, so I'm watching and every 5k, when you go through the threshold, it'll report back a time. And I'm starting to see people that were in the first wave that were just, you know, about 20 minutes ahead of you are starting to not register anymore. One of them like almost right away. And then you stopped registering and then, um, you know, another person. So I'm watching. What not, were you thinking? So when you I'm saw watching. I'm, not wa- registering. I'm, I'm, I was thankful in one way, um, because I could see first you'd see them slow down. Right, you'd see them slow down, like they would go through one five k at regular. You know, the first ten k, the were, first five k, we were good. Everyone was good. Yeah, first five k. <laughs> well, of course, you know, you're just kind of like, all right, I just need to get into this. Your mind, you know, is, is in a different place. And I was watching, and you know, and then you start to see the times, the splits start to come down a little bit more, and you can kind of see that they're not arriving at the next five k when they should have been. So like. Uh, like nine, you know, 15 K is, you know, 9.3. So, you know, you're right around that time. So maybe you're just a little bit behind them as you started 20 minutes after in this, in the second wave. And, you know, so I'm starting to see the time slow down there, slow down. One guy who I, who lives locally, I'm watching him slow down and I'm like, just in my mind, I'm talking to my computer. I'm saying, step off the course, the New Jersey marathons in two weeks, you you're, you're only 10, you know, 11 miles into this thing, save yourself, get the hell out of there. 
because you could see it. I'm watching it on TV, and even on TV, when you really can't tell how hard it's really raining and things like that, I was like, holy shit, it's like <laughs> pouring. Like it's really nasty. And, it's icing. And all the elites with you know all the coverage comes on to the to the you know the elites, and you know they're really wearing like full you know full you know rain gear um you know hats gloves hoods like you don't really see that ever uh galen rupp had the full mask on like you couldn't you know he was like you couldn't see his face at all it was basically just like his eyes and um you know so you can really tell like if these guys they don't want to wear any of that stuff they'll they'll go like in the 30 degree on a clear day and you know or you know, twenty degree on a clear day, and they're in their singlets and they're you know they're running shorts. I don't shorts. think anyone that I saw made it that was wearing that was dressed the, less like, than the the light little yeah. like sports bras or or whatever right. the guys. The most singlets. of them, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it was it was it was insanity. And you know, then you're watching their times and what they're running and the splits that they're used to be run. You know, used to running and they're well off as well. And you know, it's kind of like. You know, this is just not a good day. So then I see another friend of mine. She's done. Like you could see. I read her for Facebook later. She said that she um, stopped in a porta potty at around mile 10 to warm up and just tried to like duck into the porta potty to kind of get warm. Uh, and then she made it like another mile, mile and a half after that, and it just wasn't working. She uh, she used the word hypothermia. Uh, another friend of mine, uh, you know, another guy, you know, these these are like all like three, you know, sub three hour marathoners, like right in that pocket. Uh, he ended up in the hospital. He uh, he same thing. I think he was like twelve miles or so in there. I had a couple guys that ran pretty well. Yeah, you know, considering. Um, uh, you know, I know that you had a, a couple friends too that ran, that ran really well. Um, you know, like for some, like not everybody, the two guys who I know that ran really, really well, one was a West Point grad and the other one's a Navy uh, grad. So I'm like, like I told the nurse, <laughs> I'm better than this. But like, you know, I think that like, there's probably something to be said for that. Like they're training or something like that, you know, maybe put them in a place where their mind was just a little bit, you know, uh, used to shit like that. Um, it, it was yeah, look. Like I said, all that self-talk and everything, I was like, oh, I can do this. This is – and then my body stopped. And I'm yeah. like, wow, this is unfortunate that I can't breathe. Awesome. I mean, that happens. I told oh. you the other day when on the phone. I mean, I've been in a situation where I was ran in a New York City half marathon on a really, really muggy, hot, humid day when they used to run it in late, June, uh, late July. And, uh, you know, I ended up in the back of an ambulance and I didn't know anything that happened to me and it was just heat. Right, so fit, the, yeah, crazy. <laughs> I'm just gonna repeat this, and that was yeah, yeah, and uh, you know these things they they happen. It's like it's kind of crazy, you know, like these the, the weather is we're not really all that used to it, and you know we're, we're you're running a marathon, you're not a Navy SEAL, um, you know, and even with them, you know they they have that SEAL training where they put them in extreme conditions, right? You know, probably something similar almost to what you guys were dealing with out there. It's crazy. It, you know, it's just... I've never experienced anything like that. And that's, you know, kind of a... Uh, it's... it, You know, I, I don't know what to say. It was, it was great. I think there's been a lot of support. I know um, there's a lot of people that were like, damn it, usually you do such stupid things. Like, this was the best decision you've made to... I'm like, well, you know, it was. it's definitely not easy to, you know, to, to say... I think it's such a privilege to even be healthy enough to make the Boston Marathon. People dream. People would like cut off their left arm to be able to qualify for Boston. And then to say, you know, you ran it and weren't able to finish is definitely a little bit defeating. Um, I know it was hard. My husband was like, I don't even know what to say to you. He's like, you know, he's like, I know that you are beating yourself up over this, even though you shouldn't. But I've never not finished a race. And I think... Like I said, um, you know, we've talked a lot about life happening for you that I think that this might have been something I needed to, to kind of mentally reset myself, especially with, you know, for, for everyone out there that's going through, you know, if you're going through health issues or you're injured or you're taking medications or things like that, that, or even if you're just getting older, yeah, it's okay. Not, you know, it's okay to, to just go out and do things and not put that pressure on yourself to be like, Hey, I've got to run a sub three or I need to PR every race that just to be in the race is something to be said. And that, you know, just to keep going. And that, that quote that I shared, um, 
or that I'd found from Des. Oh yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's like some days you feel great. Some days it's like hell, but you just got to keep showing up and that's keep showing up. And I feel like you keep showing up and, and that proves to people like, let's, let's not give up. So, you know, for me, I'm, I definitely am a little freaked out. I'm not going to lie that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I couldn't finish a, a race. Is that, can I, can I finish other races? Like, wh-? you yeah. know, and you know, we, uh, yeah, like we've yes. got, ba- we've yes, got New can. Jersey yeah. and I'm going to be pacing New Jersey at like a 340 pace, which that for me is fun. And I know there's a bunch of people that are trying to qualify for Boston and, and, um, I've even had some emails today from people that are like, Hey, what are you doing for that? I, I want to run with you and your pace group. What, what's the plan? I'm like, thank God you didn't see my face. <laughs> like, they're probably like, who is this? She can't even like, yeah. Can we race. get another person to run 340 with, with us and hold the, you know, to hold the pennant and, uh, the but 340 that, you know, banner. But that, that's, you know, you know what? I think it's interesting that, that you said that it changes your perspective on things. And I think, um, that's interesting to me, coming out of your mouth. It's, uh, yeah, the right? last couple of days I've been like, wow, okay. I think that when you have things like that in your life that show you like the fragility of it all, like that really how sometimes like, you know, the lack of control and how along for the ride, you know, we are, that, you know, it kind of does put those things in perspective. And it maybe, it doesn't take the fire out of you. I mean, maybe for a week. Right. Like maybe for a week with you, I, I always find it again, you know, like, like there's bad races and things. Right. I, I had to text like you we yesterday. don't always PR. Like I haven't always PR, PR'd at a race. No, okay. no, no, they're not all roses. Some of them are right. complete disasters. Some of them are right. disasters because, you know, you're not in shape when you get to do what, you know, you think you're going to do what you, what, you know, right. set out to, um, you know, or, you know, in this case, it's mother nature who was just like, yeah, we got different plans for you today, Christine. And, uh, you know, about, you know, 8,000 others. I wish I could remember what the people said in the med tent, but it was this lady, she's a very portly woman and with a thick Boston Brogue, accent. Yeah. And she was like, mother nature, <laughs> mother nature took a big F you on Boston today. It was like, she was, it was so funny. And I Dude, can't remember exactly what she said, but she so was like, let me ask you a question. Are you ever going to run the Boston Marathon again? All right. So I'm like, oh, God. You know, I'm thinking. So we, we get in the car on the way home, and we left my one daughter home this year, which is good because the weather was so bad. Yeah. She's a five-year-old. So she stayed home this year. And my son, Alex, we, we took him with us. He misses a day of school. Um, but it, we think, I mean, it's really educational. He loves to go. It's just, Patriots day. It's, but like your kids, it, it's like you're a superhero that day. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're riding home and he said, mommy, you know, I'd really like Lauren. I'd really like for Lauren to come next year when we go. And I said, so you want to go back next year? He's like, well, yeah, obviously <laughs> we're coming back next year. And I'm like, all right, well, there you have it. There you have it. There it's, you have it. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm already qualified. It's, it's not a, you know, that's not the option. I'm going to be there. But, you know, obviously, and I don't plan on ever not finishing. Like I just, no. that was just, now like, I know. Like I the, feel like I know. And what could be worse? What's the worst that can happen? You don't finish? Two, I've done that already. Check. Two podcasts ago, <laughs> we talked about this very thing, right? Episode 31 when we it was just you and I, and we said, you know, when I'm planning on running these things and I visualize right. the way that I'm going to, that this race is going to go, you don't predict 30 degree rain, uh, you know, headwinds, I'm gonna throw frigid, ice. Ice, ice, baby. And, you know, you don't really plan on all this right. stuff happening, but you know, sometimes those plans, you know, we, we, we're really not in control of a whole lot and all this stuff. They almost did not let the wheelchair people go because of a, the icy conditions. They were having a lot of trouble. That was one of the things that, that, that they, I was looking at and they were really having a lot of trouble. Um, there was, it was pretty, it was, it was interesting viewing for sure. Yeah. Great. I mean, both the carnage on the, uh, on the, on the, uh, the hospitals uh, running out of blankets and like, it just was, it was, packed. it was wild. And, but to top it all off, I mean, the moment of the best day, part, the very best part, I mean, no matter how you slice it, I mean, even I think in your condition that you'd agree that yeah. it was a pretty cool thing that Des Linden ended yeah. up winning. Amazing. That was great. I cried like a baby. And she waited for Shalane with her bathroom That was the stop. coolest thing. And do you know why? 
because she thought that she wasn't going to win and when, she figured it would help her. When right? she was interviewed post-race, right? So Des Linden is like one of my favorite athletes of all time. Not even runners. Just like one of my favorite and, athletes of all time. And I'm just going to point out that Shalene did stop at a porta potty. Yeah. yeah. Which I thoroughly do a lot during my race time. I said, so. what? What? What is this? What is this? What's happened? Sometimes oh my God. She's making go. a beeline to the, sh- you know, I gave it like the old Shalane. Fuck yeah. Like, you know, like she did in New York. Like she's one of us. Um, so, and then what happened is, and you know, like the most epic form of sportsmanship in that, you know, in that setting, she, uh, Des Linden kind of just dropped back a little bit away from the lead pack and let Shalane Flanagan catch up to her so that they can catch up to each other. Now they're both Americans, but they, you know, they're, they're, both competing in the same race. They're both competing to win. They, you know, they run for different teams. Shalane's a Nike girl and, and Des is a Brooks uh, runner. And they, you know, they, so they're, they're not necessarily teammates only in that they're probably buddies and they've known each other right. for, for a very long time and they, they want each other to do really well. So, uh, so Des kind of dropped back and let Shalink catch her and then they caught up to the field together. It's always easier to do that. It's impossible to do that at that pace with somebody with, without working with somebody. They probably thought one of them was going to die because the weather was so bad. So you travel so they, in a pack. So they that's asked, my thinking right now. Well, it's just easier to run in a pack, right? It's like you get in the convoy and it's just like, right. the, you know, you get kind of in the drag of, of things. It's just for whatever reason. It's just very much easier to, I'm sure there's more science uh, to it than that, but it's easier to run in a pack and to maintain pace when you're amongst others. So um, they asked Des Linden post-race why she did that. Like, you know, you're in the race, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and she said that um, earlier in the race, that was, I think, at mile like eight or so, earlier in the race, uh, she didn't feel like that she was going to be able to finish the race. Des Linden, the eventual winner, said, you know, in her mind, she says, uh, two, two, three miles in, she says, I don't think that I'm, this is going to really happen for me today. I don't feel good. And, you know, here's where I am. So I told Shalane, hey, Shalane, if there's anything I can do to help you today, to get you along, just let me know because I don't think I'm going to be, you know, able to finish this race. That's Not crazy. only did she finish, but that she's like the toughest, like, you know, ballsiest, like cojones <laughs> out of any runner I've ever seen. I mean, she's, she's fierce. And, and, uh, and she, uh, you know, eventually just kind of stuck with it and, and she ended up, you know, I guess catching second wind, third wind or whatever it was. And, uh, started pushing the pace a little bit when, you know, when they were kind of lagged behind, uh, maybe at that point she still wasn't feeling well, but she says, you know what, maybe if I make them, um, hurt a little bit, it'll free things up for Shalane or, or Molly huddle or somebody else who's going to be able to come, come running through. And, uh, and you know, eventually she just, she just was the last man standing, last woman standing. And, uh, and really, I mean, once she broke it and it was like, holy smoke, this is happening. And, uh, you know, she's, she's just like, like I said, one of my favorite runners, she's just super tough. She runs every race, super tough. She's not the fastest, like on the track, like a lot of these, um, marathoners that, you know, are converts from, uh, from the track, you know, so they're fast in the 5k or they're fast at the mm-hmm. 10k. That's not Des Linden. She is like a, a true endurance monster. Like, like she needs that race to be over 20 miles if she's got a chance, if she wants a chance to win it. Cause the half marathon, they all smoke her. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, and she's, she's, she's always, she's consistent. She runs even splits. Right. It's like, it's just a beautiful thing. Like the, the pack will go away from her. Like in the, uh, Olympics a couple of years ago or the world champions, it was, I think it was the Olympics, you know, the pack went away from her and they said, Oh, Des Linden's dropped off the back. And here, you know, here she is. No, she's running consistent paces. The race went away from her. And then at the end of the race, she just runs her pace. Right. And she's there. You know, she's not looking to do anything, you know, uh, super aggressive unless she needs to, feels like she needs to make them work. I love it. I mean, she it was is great. Like, it was amazing. It was amazing. And then on the men's side, uh, the Japanese fella, Yuki, he's like, same thing. Blue collar. He's a, right. he work, works like, a 40 what? hour a week job. He's at every single, you know, major marathon. Cause he runs nine marathons a year. He does it. He's like a completely unconventional. You can't even call him professional cause he's not. Uh, he's allowed to keep the prize money, but he works for the um, he works for Japan. He works for the the country in some capacity, and uh, you know they give him time to to uh, they give him time to uh, train and things like that. But he he you know he's in you, know, you see him like in the pack of all these major marathons, and he's always there uh, to warm up for. Uh, I read an article today, and I actually posted it to warm up for this Boston Marathon. 
he actually ran a half marathon, but he set the uh, world record for half marathon in a panda suit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he holds the world record for, I think it's marathon or half marathon in a three piece suit. And he, he ran like a one ten half marathon in a panda suit. I could have only dreamed of a panda suit. That's <laughs> you how had cold a panda suit. This is a whole different I podcast. We had totally different podcast Holy, right now. Yeah. And I next year. You know what? If it rains panda again, suits. I'm just going to tell you this right now. I'm going to Home Depot. Yeah. And I'm getting that suit. It's only like ten bucks. It's like a waterproof, yeah. full body Coverall. suit. And that's what I'm going to run in. I am not kidding. There's no chance ever again in God's green earth that I'm just stepping my foot outside in conditions like that. To run. It's not worth it. I can't believe how crazy it was. It's not worth it. Like, crazy stuff happened. Like, I I can't wait to hear some of the other stories of of what people did. Because I know that just wearing other people's socks and picking up all their other clothing yeah. and whatever else. I, 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 the official numbers came out. Like, the official numbers. There were several that just didn't even start the race. It's like a few thousand that yeah, just, they went that to just decided the not they were to, like, forget to do it. it at all, right? And then there were, which there always is, you know, that's usually, maybe it was a, it was probably a lot more because of the weather. But then there was like, it was like five or 6,000, I think, that started the race that didn't finish. Which, I mean, 6,000 people, that's like a, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going off my memory here, which isn't always the best or stuff like that. But it was at least 5,000 that didn't, they finish. I think they said there was maybe, I wanted to say maybe like ninety four percent made it to the finish line. Yeah, but there's always of some the ninety four percent. Yeah, the people that did make it were not in good shape. Like I want to think of Crazy. like zombie apocalypse. Crazy. Everyone was going to the hospital. I mean, I'm watching, and the people that did hang in there, like my one friend who them? was my one friend who was shooting for sub three, ran three thirty two, I think, like that, and I and I was just kind of like. Dude, just call it a day. Like, what are you doing? Now? Like, you know, you don't want to. I guess, I guess, part of you just says I'm going to complete it, but and there's they, that will. They finished. They finished, right? and all that stuff. But you know, it's just like, man, I'm looking at this. You know, the stats, and now they're they're running like 11 minute miles and 12 minute miles, and it's like really getting like slow. And they and got they got six miles left. You know, so it, it's just um, it it was man, it was uh, it was an experience. I have to say, I thought that I I don't know how much worse of conditions there can be. Cause when you prepare for the cold, you know, it's going to be cold. Right. You dress for it. If it's raining, normally right. it's not ice and 30 degrees. Or if, if you knew was... how bad it was, all of us, every single one of us knowing that, Hey, guess what? You just have to get to the finish line and not run or run fast or whatnot. I think it would have been different planning, but the fact that we did not know how bad it was and it was going to be, I think is what made it really traumatizing for some of us. So even for me, I think, um, like I said, with a perspective now, as crazy as I think I am and as, as much as I think that I could be invincible for me right now, having to go through this and then realizing I'm doing an Ironman come hell or high water <laughs> in July, that oh, it, it was God. kind of a moment oh, of like, yeah. what if is this, is this, you know, for telling my future of what's going to happen. And what's funny is that I've said no. to people that I actually showed up to do some trainings this morning and, and some of, uh, some of my, um, participants and whatnot, they made big posters for me and they put them up and they're you know, like, don't, you know, whatever. It was really nice. And it, it's nice to see that because I'd said to, I'd said to people this morning that I don't care if I have to doggy paddle at this point for the Ironman, I will finish that race <laughs> and I will not be stupid. It's not going to be 30 degrees and snowing. Well, that's the thing. And it's, and I know now what it's like not to finish a race that I'm not concerned how long it's going to take me. I just want to be able to get to that finish line and that's okay. And I, I feel like I wasn't okay with that before. Like whatever happened. And now I'm okay. Whatever happened there was not indicative of you as an athlete, you as a runner, you as anything. It's other, hard you know, to even, take that though. It's even, hard to, you know, even like with the RA and like, and all those things that you're, that you're working through right now, you know, it's not like there were perfectly healthy people that were also in the same situation. That you, so it has nothing it's to weak, do. I'm just kidding. No, it has, <laughs> but it's, it, it has nothing lot. to do with anything other than the weather. 
you know, like marathons are hard. So like, there's always the possibility. I've always, you know, when I take the line, I always know that there's a possibility that things could be a disaster. Uh, a lot can go wrong, right? Like a lot can go wrong. Every single marathon I've ever run right. or most races that I've run, like you look at it and you're like, okay, like, you know, a lot can go wrong here. But, you know, most often things don't really go wrong. When you get something like that, that's just freak, like Noah's Ark shit. Like, you know, I said to him, I said, I said to Christine, and this is funny because I said it was like the Titanic. I said, you know, I was like, here we are, we're on this beautiful ship, we're all going to run a marathon, you know, knowing full well that it's just going to like start breaking apart at mile eight, you know, like you're going to hit an iceberg and then you're going to be in the water. It really, you know, and I had said earlier, earlier that that I would not have survived the Titanic. Apparently yeah. I went down, I went well, down the ship. So look, and you know, some people died on the <gasps> Titanic and some people lived to tell the story and get a medal. Oh man. <laughs> some people got the medal. They got the medal and they dropped. Oh, that was bad. No, they said the post, uh, right. Uh, right. Post-race, I, the yeah. post race, like the tents at the metal the, there were like even worse. There was like a triage of, you know, just people having to be get warm. Hey, guys, you should all go out and run. It's so fun. Qualify for the Boston <laughs> Marathon. It's tons of fun. I'm, I'm glad you're laughing about it. I wasn't sure oh. like like how you would take I mean, you're extremely hard on yourself and you're extremely, uh, you know. When the, when literally. Macho. When I got, when I, how bad it was and when I really was couldn't breathe that well is when, you know, is when I knew that, you know what, Christine, you're, you're a tough girl, but. You're, you may drop if you don't go in yeah. and the whole, you know, marathons to come. I mean, this is, I got a million races ahead of me totally. and, and there's no way I'm going to drop dead on a race course before I get that Ironman under my belt. <laughs> you save it. Really? You really? But, uh, but yeah, interesting. And, um, we're, we're definitely out there to, to, to see what other people's experiences were because I've never been through anything like that before in my life. And, uh, you know, I could do some pretty crazy things, but I, those elements and that hypothermia is, uh, is real, is real. So keep yeah. on. Hey, I, I just, you know, I'm just happy you're smiling. If you don't smile, you cry. <laughs> so there's your <laughs> there's, other option. There's the other option. Okay. Yeah. It was just, uh, you know, it was, it was really cool. I got the text. It's okay. I'm out of the race. <laughs> All right. Done. Deal. Oh man, we'll get so, them next year. Yeah, well, there's a lot more before next year yeah. too. We're bringing the podcast next year. Oh yeah. Med. If something goes wrong, I'm just going to carry we'll start the podcast. podcasting, reporting I'll live in, from the med tent. I'll start. I'll start just interviewing runners as uh, as we go. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, it's totally fine. Totally good. So yeah. So that's it. That's the emergency so that's Boston the podcast. Emergency. Boston Marathon Podcast, and we are, uh, this is podcast number 33. Yeah, we How hope you enjoyed it. Boston yeah. 33, Larry Bird. <laughs> Larry wouldn't have been running that shit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so anyhow, um, hope you enjoyed the real, organic, um, heartfelt <laughs> analysis from uh, Boston. And if you have a bad race experience, it's okay. It's okay. We're going upward and onward and that's it. Cause even as a fit crazy and, and with Brian, both of us talk a lot about, you know, the positive things and running fast times and this and that, but we're human. And guess what? I couldn't even finish the race. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, with, with that said, um, you know, keep working hard, everyone. And notice that, you know, we're human too, just like everyone else. So I hope you, I hope you enjoyed this, this, uh, this story of, a fit crazy and where it's at. <laughs> it was Christine, good for you. Let's, let's end this. Thing. All right. So with that said, I am Christine Conte and I am Brian Prendergast and we are two fit crazies and the microphone. We are where it's at. Bring your umbrellas. <laughs>